Hello and welcome to this episode of Adulting Unplugged. Today's episode, we're going to shine some light on the art of resilience and thriving under the weight of academic and social pressures because we know as parents and as society, this is something teens and young adults struggle with significantly. And even as adults, a lot of times struggle with these things. So the journey of adolescence to adulthood can be very difficult with educational and societal expectations, often creating immense stress for our young adults. As a parent, caregiver, or someone interested in empowering the next generation, this episode is a guiding light for you, an encouragement for you to help your students in this space. Welcome to Adulting Unplugged, the podcast that's all about the real life skills and knowledge you need to navigate the world of adulthood successfully. I'm your host, Tracy Bacon-Haster, and I'm here to guide you through the ups and downs of parenting a self-sufficient, confident, and empowered adult. We believe that adulting doesn't come with a manual, but it does come with a community. That's why we're here to provide you with expert insights, practical advice, and inspiring stories to help you thrive. Whether you're a parent guiding the next generation, a recent graduate, a young professional, or anyone navigating the complexities of adulthood, this podcast is for you. So grab your favorite drink, get comfy, and let's dive into the world of Adulting Unplugged. First, we really need to understand these pressures that students are going through. And here's something that the reality is. There are academic pressures, and this can be set by the schools, but also by parents. And we're going to talk about this throughout the episode, and I'm probably going to go off script a little bit because this is something I'm really passionate about from see- working with youth and seeing all these things. So let's talk about academic pressures first. And when we talk about academic pressures, this is the pressure to do amazing, to be, to get straight A's, to be great at school, to do all the things. And as parents, we have this innate ability to put all this pressure on our kids unintentionally. Sometimes, sometimes we do it intentionally. And our motivation for it is multiple factors. I mean, if we're being honest, this is all about real talk. And as parents, we want our kids to thrive academically for a couple reasons. Number one, because we want them to be better than we were, right? We want them to be better than us better than we were in school or any of those things. We also want them to reach their potential. We know that they're capable of stuff. We know they're smart. We, we have all this faith and support in them. And so we're like pushing them and pressuring them. Like, you can do better. You can do better because I know you can do better. And the other one, which I know a lot of parents may not love, but it's the reality, is for our own gain. It's to say to our friends or our family, like, oh, yeah, my kid got straight A's. My kid got into Harvard. My kid got here. My kid got there. And it's a popularity contest. And I know this is going to make some people mad, but the reality is we do this as parents. We're sitting there in our friend group and our friends are talking about how amazing their kids are doing in school and sports and all these things and how they're excelling. And we're sitting there like, man, that's not my kid. My kid didn't get accepted to that college. They didn't get accepted to these things. They didn't get an A in the class. In fact, they're failing their classes. And so then we start to feel ashamed. We start to feel guilty. We start to feel embarrassed. And so we push our kids and we pressure our kids instead of just owning. That's maybe not who our kid is. Doesn't mean they're a failure. It doesn't mean they're any worse off or any better or less than somebody else. That's just not them. And we have to start to embrace that with our kids. And we're going to talk about that. Like I said, I'm I'm jumping ahead because I'm just really passionate about this subject because I see this a lot. And unfortunately, what can happen when we do not take that step back and when we don't give the space and things for our kids 
bad things can happen. I'm going to talk about some examples that have happened actually in the last couple of years that I've seen in the news and, and social media and other places. But let's let's kind of dive into this a little bit more because the academic pressure, in my opinion, is one of the worst kinds of pressure because especially if you're not great at school or especially if you know, you're just not co- grasping the concept because then our kids are hard on themselves and they're tearing themselves down. They say they're stupid and all these things that so they're just not getting it. And so we have to do better in, in our society. I'm going to give you guys some tips and tricks here in a little bit on ways to kind of help manage that with your kids, how to help them um, really embrace who they are and where they are academically. The other type of pressure I want to talk about today is societal pressure. And this can go a lot of different directions. This can be peer pressure from their friends, which we all know about. We've all experienced, right? We've all had that peer pressure for buddies. We talk to our kids about it. Like, oh, some of your friends might be doing drugs or drinking or partying or doing things that maybe we don't want you to do. And they're going to pressure you into it because they're friends. You don't want to disappoint your friends and all these things. It's the same thing we do as adults, right? That I just talked about. They could get it from society in general, right? Society is telling them who they need to be and how that what success looks like and all these aspects. And so it's pushing these kids and it's putting all this pressure on our youth. And let's be honest, this is not a new thing, right? This is something we adults now have experienced, right? We experienced this when we were kids or teenagers, right? We had pressure from our parents. We had pressures from society, our friends, all this stuff. So why is it so bad now? Why is the pressure so bad now? And I'm going to tell you, from my professional opinion, it is because resilience is no longer there. These students are lacking resilience. They're lacking the ability to adapt. They're lacking the ability to manage stress. And so it is causing this huge turmoil, this huge shift in this generation because they can't handle it like we did. They can't handle it like our parents did or our grandparents did or our great-grandparents did. Because imagine. All the stress and pressure you had then, and imagine that now, in today's day and age where technology is at your fingertips, everything's easy, a lot of parents feel bad that they went through, so then they're overcompensating with their kids and causing this generation of slight entitlement, if we're being honest, and because we don't want to see them fail, so we put them in bubbles, and we give them everything and do everything for them, so we're not teaching them resiliency. And I want to talk about what, what is resiliency? defining it because a lot of people are like, hey, I've heard the word. What does that really mean? There's a lot, you know, it's a lot of definitions and things that can mean. And I pulled my definition from the American Psychological Association because I think this is when I'm talking about resiliency, this is exactly what I'm talking about with our youth. So their definition says resilience is the process and outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences, especially through mental, emotional, and behavioral flexibility an adjustment to external and internal demands. They go on to say a number of factors contribute to how well people adapt to adversities predominant among them, the ways in which individuals view and engage with the world, the availability and quality of social resources, specific coping strategies. So what they are saying is resilience is your ability to adapt mentally, emotionally, physically, all these things to difficult and challenging life experiences. That could be pressure. It could be loss of family members. It could be growing up with an unsupportive family. It could be all these factors that many of us have probably experienced. I mean, in a sense, it's trauma. How are you able to handle trauma? 
That's what makes somebody resilient. We've all been through trauma. It's does it make you or does it break you? And this is where our youth is failing at this because of us as society and parents. And again, I am not trying to call anybody out specifically. I am a parent as well, right? I have kiddos. It is so easy to get caught up in that. It's so easy to do everything for our kids. And we want to put them in bubbles because of our own traumas. We've experienced all these heartaches and horrible things in life. We want to protect our kids from that stuff. We want to push them because we know they can be better than what they are. We want to push them because we know they can, we want their life to be better than ours. But what is that actually doing? And so I want to talk about this because in in my opinion, there's two different aspects to this. There are the academic pressure. So those are the families that are kind of giving that independence to their kids, but they're really pressuring them and pushing them. They're like, man, you can do better. You can do better. I expect great grades. I expect this from you. I expect these high expectations. And again, not saying that you're a bad person for doing that. You're doing it out of love and because you know their potential. You know they're a smart kid and they're really excelling. And so you know, okay, they can do this stuff. Then there's the other aspect where the parents that are wanting to do everything for their kids and not letting them experience pressure or trauma or other things. And so they're not prepared either way. We're not giving the people that we're pushing and putting all this pressure on tools to manage it. And we're not providing tools to students on the other aspect that maybe aren't getting that kind of pressure from their parents. Their parents are much more flexible and understanding. Oh, yeah, you got bad grades. That's okay. You know, I know you can do better, but that's all right. We're not going to pressure you on that. But what they're not doing is providing tools for when they do encounter those aspects because it's going to happen, right? The real world is harsh. We all know that. We cannot protect our kids from it. We can't. Our kids are not going to be safe when they leave our home. They're going to get trauma. They're going to have emotional turmoil. They're going to have all these things that we are trying to protect them from and put them in a bubble. And that's not real life. And so what we're doing is really hindering these kids' growth. And so that's kind of the resilience that I want to talk about. And here's the reality. When a student or individual has resilience, it equips them to handle stress, setbacks, and uncertainty with grace and adaptability. And that is crucial. That's crucial for their lifelong success in their job, in their relationships, their mental health, all these things. They need to be able to be resilient. And it's not there. And what happens when it's not there? This is something I want to talk about, and I'll be honest with you guys. This is a little bit of a dark topic. Um, It can be really sad, and it's something that, but it's real, and we need to talk about this because this is what's happening to our youth. So I'm going to talk about those students that are on the academic pressure side first, the ones that are just getting tons of pressure academically. Maybe they are really smart students, and so the family, the society is like, oh, you, you need to go to college, and you should get straight A's and all these things. And what can happen if the student doesn't have resiliency? Well, so some of the stories I told you I was going to talk about are right now. And there was several stories in the news in the last year of students that were that student. They were extremely intelligent, you know, valedictorians at their schools, very high level academics. They got great scholarships to college, all these things. Some of them were you know, amazing athletes, had athletic scholarships, all these things like they were happy. They were great kids, life of the party. Everybody loved them. They were popular, you know, had all this pressure to just be the best they could be, which is why they were doing this. And all of a sudden they committed suicide and killed themselves. And everybody was shocked. Like, what? 
oh my gosh, what do you mean she did that? She was doing phenomenal. She was so smart and she has so much potential. And oh my gosh, what do you mean he did that? He was a star football player. I actually just talked to a lady the other day um, in another state and she was talking about how this is extremely common in her area. And her area is a very high wealthy area. And so great schools, great academics, lots of pressure from families for their kids to be successful. Lots of pushing on their kids. And she was saying how just this past summer, a young man in their community, very tight-knit community, he was the star football player. He was a star academically. Everybody knew him. He was the life of the party. He was Mr. Social. I mean, he was like, everybody knew this kid and knew how great he was. And he was so nice and so bubbly and all these things. And he took his life over the summertime after leaving high school. He was in college for like a year. And it's just heartbreaking. But in the reality is we're putting so much pressure on our youth to be amazing in this space. Like the ones that have that potential, we're pressuring them. You've got to make something yourself. You've got a good good academics. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you got to be. Like you're better than that. And we're putting all this pressure on that those youth, but we're not giving them coping skills. We're not teaching them how to manage that stress or manage that pressure. And we're being a little too hard on them and expecting too much from them. And so when they feel like they can't meet their expectations, they're letting people down. They see no other way out. And they suffer from the same mental health issues that somebody who's experienced significant trauma and no support has. And again, not trying to make parents feel bad they're doing this because, again, we do that as parents because we, we love our kids. We want to see them. We see their potential. We're like, man, you're so smart. You're so great at this. I've struggled with this with my son. He is one of those students. He's in gifted programming. He's in fifth grade and he is extremely intelligent. And I have to catch myself sometimes putting too much pressure on him to excel academically or in sports because he's very good at both and be like, you know what? No, like I, I, I instead I praise him. I'm like, hey, I am so proud of you. You're doing an awesome job. And school's really important, but I understand if the challenges arise and just being able to have that open conversation with him because. I don't want him to feel like, oh my gosh, if I get a bad grade, I'm completely letting my mom down. My mom is going to be so disappointed and hurt because I got a, didn't get an A in school. Our kids should not feel that way. They should not feel that way. Doesn't mean we can't be disappointed. We don't need them to know we're disappointed because we're not disappointed in them. We're not dis- they're not a disappointment. We're just disappointed because we know they can do better, but we're not disappointed in them. And they think that we are. So we have to really work on that as parents. And we have to work on really pressuring these kiddos. And, and honestly, the lady was talking about, she's like, it's very common in our area. And, and it's, I've talked to multiple people in very wealthy communities and it highest suicide rate is extremely, it, it's high. It's very high in these societies because of the pressure on these kids. Because the families put this pressure on them. And again, I know it's done in a loving, in a good way, like from a loving heart, but it doesn't come off that way to our kids. I mean, I, I experienced this as a teenager. I was a you know straight A student. I got a couple B's sometimes and oh my gosh, I was terrified to let my parents down with bad grades because I didn't want to disappoint them. So we have to start to really shift that and build that resiliency in our kids where even if they do bring home the bad grade, they don't feel like a failure. They don't feel like, man, I always had it together. I always did so great in high school. Now I'm in college and I am struggling. 
that's okay. And we need them to know that that's okay. And there's resources to help. And it does not mean they're a failure at all. And we have to really start to shift that mindset. On the other aspect, so maybe we're not pressuring our kids to, to thrive and really push themselves to that level. But what we're doing instead is putting them in a bubble and everything's okay. And we don't want to hurt their feelings and we don't want to have them experience disappointment or any of these things. It's the complete opposite extreme, right? The same thing is happening in that type of resiliency. It's not there either. So when they go to the real world, if they go to college, I've worked with those students where their parents, you know, loved them and wanted to put them in this bubble and just put, you know, very low expectations or no expectations on their kids. And they didn't have any stress or pressure or things that they needed to learn and cope with. They had, you know, their parents tried to do everything for them and then they go off to college and they get away from their family. And then they start to really struggle mentally. And again, high suicide rates in that population because mom and dad have done everything for them to protect them. And what it has actually done instead is really hurt them. And now they don't know how to deal with stress. They don't know how to deal with pressure. They don't know how to deal with something going wrong, right? Instead of, you know, coming into the the office to argue with the teacher about their kids' grades or like, saying, oh my gosh, like, what do you mean you, you failed them on this? Like that, that, they shouldn't have done that. Like that, that's on you, teacher. No, we need to give responsibility to our kids too, because we're teaching them a life skill to take responsibility, to manage stress, to manage disappointment, those types of things so they can build that resiliency. So we see a lot of that as well. Um, I see an extreme number of students that are in college that are dealing with significant mental health issues because they never had these skills right? Um, We see resiliency, actually, it's very interesting. High resiliency tends to come from students who are in very stressful environments. So this could be single parent households, it could be unsupportive households, high trauma households, you know, abuse, neglect, those kinds of things from students, those students have significant resilience. And again, that is not the way we want kids to get resilience by any means. But I think there is a lesson to be learned in that. I work with uh, high-risk students a lot of the time. In fact, I'm doing an after-school program right now with a group of junior high kids. And they have such a strong resilience. Their grades are not beautiful, let me tell you. But I've seen the re- the behind the scenes with their families. And some are living with grandparents. Some parents are in jail. You know, some parents are doing drugs or are alcoholics and just all these things. And it is extremely heartbreaking to see that. But what the lesson I think in that is when we do give those students opportunities to experience disappointment, to experience stress, to experience, you know, opportunities to learn and grow, that is when that resilience starts to build. A lot of these students are, you know, 14 years old helping raise their little siblings because mom's not really there or dad's not there or the parents are out working all the time trying to make money to keep the family going. And so all this responsibility has fell on these kids and it teaches them this life skill. Again, I don't recommend doing that route, but we need to find the balance because we need to help these kiddos um, develop the skill because resilience is a lifelong skill that they need to have. So like I said, I can get in my soapbox and talk about this all day long because I am very passionate about it. I see it firsthand with the students I work with on both aspects, from the at-risk kids to the 
high excelling, high achiever kids, and we need to really help them in this space. So here are some ways to develop and promote mental well-being and developing that skill of resilience. So number one, as parents and as society, we need to encourage a growth mindset. Now, a growth mindset is being able to view challenges and opportunities as growth instead of negative. So it's having, we always talk, oh, the positive mindset, but that's really what it is. It's looking at a situation like, oh man, I failed in that class. And instead of going to, I'm a failure, it's helping your students see, okay, you're not a failure. You failed this class. Let's talk about it. What happened? What can we do better? What learning opportunity is coming out of this that can help you improve so you don't fail again? Right? I mean, look at businesses. Businesses and entrepreneurs, we fail all the time. (laughs) And You know, there would be no business existent in this world if we gave up after the first time or if we thought we were a failure because we failed once. How many successful CEOs or, you know, multi-million dollar people out there do we see? They didn't get it right the first time. They failed multiple times. They were told no multiple times before they finally succeeded. We need to help teach that with our kids that guess what? You failed that you're not a failure. Guess what? You got an F. You are not that F, right? You were broken up with or you were told you were stupid or any of these things. Guess what? You don't have to own that. What can you learn from it? What can you grow out of it? We need to help them understand that setbacks are a natural part of life and can lead to valuable learning experiences. And I know for some parents that are listening to this, this is a struggle, right? Because we don't want to see our kids hurt. We don't want to see our kids struggle. We don't want to see them fall or get hurt. Even as little toddlers, when they fall and they scrape their knee and we just scoop them right up like, oh, kiss them. What about just take a step back? Let them them kind of adjust. Let them feel their emotions and process them. Us jumping in and cutting them off of that is not letting them process those skills. It's not letting them process those emotions, which is not going to teach them good skills at all, right? It's going to let them, oh, mom, mom saved me. Dad saved me. I didn't have to process. They saved me from my emotions and my feelings and my hurt. And it doesn't mean you're not there and not supportive. It just means you're giving them an opportunity to learn from that situation. Instead, jumping right in and solving the problem for them or jumping right in and helping them with the situation or doing it for them, let them figure it out. And it doesn't mean you can't be right there and help walk through the solution, but you need to be able to start to let go of that and let your youth and our youth develop these skills, right? We have to let them manage these things and have a positive mindset. That's what we can do. Step in and teach them how to be positive in that moment instead of being like, oh, no, honey, let me do it for you and take care of you. We're going to say, no, yes, that sucked. Am I, you know, frustrated as well that you got a grade? Yes. Am I frustrated at you? No, I'm not. I'm frustrated because I know you can do better and I know you are better. So what can we learn from this? How can we move through this solution. And honestly, this is a way for us too. We can also start to implement this, especially for the parents that are, you know, putting that pressure on our kids. How can we look at it as a growth opportunity? Okay, our kids got, you know, didn't get in the college that they wanted. Now instead of being disappointed and embarrassed and all these things, when we're with our friends, what can we do? Well, guess what? They didn't get into this, but you know what? That actually was the best thing ever because that school was going to cost $100,000 And now the school they're going to go to is actually $25,000 and they're going to come out with the exact same degree and still get the exact same awesome job. So, and actually 
this is a much better situation. I'm actually glad that that happened, right? We need to start to shift that mindset. The next thing we do is develop problem-solving skills. So we need to teach teens how to approach challenges methodically, break them down into smaller, manageable steps, and come up with creative solutions. Again, and I know it's done out of love, so please do not take this the wrong way. But in as a parent, a lot of the times, we do not let our kids solve the problem. We do it for them. And this has caused an entire generation, and I'm telling you this from facts because I work with this generation. I work with students all from middle school age all the way up to young adults in their mid-20s. And the amount of them that can actually solve problems methodically and actually think through things, come up with creative solutions, is very low. You can go do any research online. It'll tell you the exact same thing from employers. All the research organizations have done about the generation coming up and even some of the millennials, but mostly Gen Z, they are not able to problem solve. They give up immediately. And this is not just from us parents. This is also from the schools. This is also from society where we have done everything for them. When COVID happened, how many schools did I talk to that or students I talked to at different schools that were like, oh, yeah, our teachers gave us a grade. We didn't even do the assignment. Teachers just don't want to deal with the kids. They're pushing them through. They're giving them the grades because they just can't. They're burnt out. They're unsupported. And they just don't want to deal with it. And they don't want to deal with that kid again. Or they, the school's putting all the pressure on them that we have to have good graduation rates. We can't have kids left behind. We can't have kids not graduating or dropping out or being held back. So we got to push them through. And it's created this whole generation that is really lacking problem-solving abilities. And that's really scary for our workforce. I mean. Again, think about it. Even if you are a parent that's in this space, and you're like, well, that's my kid, but get defensive and jump in and say, well, yeah, but I got, you know, I want them, I don't want them to suffer or not figure it out. That I get that. But what, what would happen in your workplace if everybody you worked with did not know how to solve a problem? If they could not figure out solutions to things? I can't even imagine how horrible the workplace is going to be in the next 10 years with this generation going into it not knowing this skill. So we need to give them opportunities to start to learn how to solve problems. They encounter a situation, absolutely let them come talk to you about it and work it out. But don't give them the answer. Let them figure it out. We've got to let them figure it out. It's just like with helping with homework. And I get it. My son's had a homework a few times and he comes home with a problem and I just want to be like, here's the answer. Because it's painful sitting there watching him solve it. But he needs to learn how to solve it. That is crucial. We need to foster a strong support system. And sometimes this that we've talked about on some aspects, it's actually too much of a strong support system right now. We need to back it down a little bit. But on the other aspect, we do need to have a strong support system for these kids. But that doesn't mean that we're doing it for them. Support is not doing it. Support is being there. And so we have to highlight the significance of nurturing positive relationship with friends, family, and mentors. These connections can provide emotional support and guidance during tough times. So having a good, strong support network is crucial for resilience, knowing I can go to my parents, I can go to my friends, I can go to these things when I am struggling, and they're not going to judge me for it. They're not going to tear me down for it. They're not going to give me the answer. They're just going to help me through it. They're going to support me as I get through this. And we need to teach our kids how to do self-care practices, right? We need to help them learn how to take care of their health right? Mentally, physically, all the things. So teaching them how to get good sleep, exercise, having a balanced diet, 
being able to do mindfulness practices and learning what works for them, whether it's deep breathing or meditation or journaling or whatever that is, helping them find the outlet to manage those emotions and those stress so that they can have a better mental mental mindset with things. It's very crucial to delivering that aspect of resilience. And we need to teach them to learn self-compassion. That it's okay to make mistakes. It's a key compound of resilience is understanding that I made mistakes. I screwed up. But guess what? I'm not a screw up. I just made a bad decision on this situation over here. And what can I learn from it? And now we're going to move on. We've got to teach them that. We got to teach them to avoid self-criticism and practicing self-kindness. This is something I see a lot more on that side, which is interesting, of the at-risk population that does have a high resilience, but they tear themselves down a lot. They tear themselves down a lot. They all think they're stupid or they're just negative talk about themselves. So we need to do this all around the board. We need these kids to learn to talk better about themselves. As parents, caregivers, etc., um, that are, you know, that have teenagers, you know, even youth that's still, you know, K through 12 or K through fifth grade, you know, the, the still elementary kids, they can learn these skills as well. So how can we help teach our kids resilience? One, all the stuff we just talked about, but we need to also promote open communication, which we actually had an amazing interview in our last episode um, with Amy Ambrosich. So I highly recommend you go check that out. She's a parenting expert and coach. We talked all about communication with your teenager. So definitely check that episode out because that is, again, huge piece to being able to help build resilience in our kids and not put all that academic pressure on them because we are communicating openly with them. We're telling them our feelings, our thoughts, helping support them, being honest with them, telling them that we're not disappointed in you, you know, all those things. We need to be able to talk to our kids like that. Offering guidance instead of answers. So being able to provide guidance, um, but still letting them make those decisions and learn from their experiences. Even if it's something that hurts you, mom and dad, I get it. Believe me, there's times where I'm like, gosh, my son, but I have to let him experience it. I want to put him in a bubble, but I just can't because I know the importance of learning these skills from seeing it firsthand with students all the time. And I have to just let him let him fail and let him experience that failure and let him experience that letdown or disappointment. And then I'm there to be there with him and to support him and encourage him and help him work through all of that. That's our job as parents is to let them. We cannot protect them from failure. We cannot protect them from any of these things. We have to just let them do it. And then finally, we have to create that safe and supportive environment. So we have to be able to support our kiddos and create a place, a safe place where they know they can come talk to us. Because the students that are committing suicide more times than not, not every time, and more times than not, they didn't feel supportive or safe to go talk to mom and dad about what they were going through. Or their parents weren't having good open communication with them and they didn't have a good relationship with mom and dad. And this happens a lot as teenagers because they do. They pull away. They shut down. They care more with their friends and their parents. So this is something you have to start young. and You have to really keep on it with your kiddos is let them know they're safe and supported, that you're not going to judge them, that you're not going to throw, you know, pressure or other things at them when they come to you with stuff. So we have to be able to do that. It creates that safe environment so they know they can come talk to you when they're experiencing things. I mean, if you do some quick research, it's amazing how many parents were like, I had no idea my kid was getting bullied at school. I had no idea this was happening to my student. I had no idea they were experiencing this. Because our kids aren't talking to us about it because they don't feel like they can. 
And so sometimes we, which is really difficult, and again, this is real talk. I know it's not everybody's going to love it, but it's real talk. We have to look in the mirror and say, why didn't our kid come talk to us? What are we doing that's not fostering a supportive and safe environment? That's not fostering open communication with our students. How can we shift that? And we all have to work on that. Even if you're really good at this already, there's still room for improvement. And finally, last thing as parents, and this is kind of, it's funny because it kind of goes both ways of what we're talking about with resilience of letting them fail and letting them feel pressure and stress and all those things. But there's also such thing as too much. And we cannot put so much pressure on our youth. That's not fair to them. They're not able to process their mom and dad or grandparents or whoever putting so much pressure on them that they feel like failures or they feel like they get one bad grade, that they are the worst person in the world. And they see no other option but to kill themselves because, oh, my gosh, everybody expects me to be this amazing thing because I always have been. And now I'm in college and I'm struggling and there's just so much and I can't I can't meet the expectations anymore. And so the option is suicide. That's not good. We cannot put that much pressure on our kids because that's what happened with a lot of this youth that that this that happens in these societies and communities. I mean, the one girl literally wrote a suicide letter and i'm sure you could probably find it i can't remember exactly what she said but it was very devastating because it was to her mom and she was telling her mom it's not your fault she was saying it's not your fault um all these things but at the end of the day and it's not her fault it's nobody's fault but there was a lot of things that contributed to getting there and it was just very heartbreaking reading this letter that she wrote to her mom because if you really read it, the whole reason she was doing it is she felt like she couldn't live up to the expectations that everybody had of her because she was always so high achieving and so amazing at sports and academics. We can't do that to our kids. It's okay to put pressure on them and stress and help them and push them to be better. But there's a point where it goes too far and we really have to watch that as parents. So again, I know this is a heavy conversation. This is deep, but the reality is this is something that I'm seeing all the time, and it, it's a hindrance on a lot of aspects. Obviously, mental health is huge. You know, it's hurting our youth's mental health. They're not able to cope and be resilient because they don't know how to handle their mental health issues. We all have mental health issues. We've all had anxiety. We've all had stress and pressure and things. But up until the last real generation, up until about Gen Z and some of the younger millennials in my age group, it wasn't debilitating. You know, we all have had mental health issues, and in some cases it was. But we were able to cope and be resilient and manage it. And this generation is really struggling with that. And they have more resources available to them than any generation before them. Counseling is like a cool thing. Kids go to counseling all the time. There's tons of research and medications and all these things to help with mental health and all these practices. But the reality is the reason this generation is suffering so much from it is because they don't know how to handle it. So we have to do better as society, as parents, we have to really step into this and start to teach these kids these lifelong skills in order to be able to handle this and to be able to really be successful in life, to be able to handle what comes at them as adults. And we're not always going to be here. We're not always going to be here for our kids. And eventually we're going to be gone and they're going to be left. And if we're their only way of helping cope and and all those things are going to completely fall apart. So my 
thing for you today as we wrap up this episode is find a few things, a few ways that you can start to help your student, your kid build these skills of resilience, teach them how to solve problems, how to be able to handle handle when life goes wrong, because it's going to. We all know that. We cannot prevent that. And so I just encourage you today, just take all of this and figure out what works for you and your student. What gaps are there? How can we help our kiddo get better resilience, solve better problems, be able to support and encourage them and create that environment that really helps them thrive. Thank you for tuning in to another unfiltered episode of Adulting Unplugged. If you enjoyed today's discussion and found it helpful, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. If you want even more resources, tips, and tricks, then go to our website at www.adulting-university.com also in the show notes and jump on our email list to keep up with all the latest and greatest until next time. Remember that adulting is an ongoing journey and we're here to help you every step of the way. Stay tuned for more insightful episodes. And in the meantime, keep adulting unplugged.